Hey, everyone. Holy shnikes! Oh, Here we are for another episode of Movie Club. Welcome, everybody. We're your three hosts, Rocco, Derek, and Sean. How Hi. you guys doing? Pretty good. How you um, doing, Rocco? Good. I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but uh, we have these coffee shot drinks. That I've never had one before. Oh, no. And I was like, damn, how much caffeine is in this? And I cracked it. And just as I did, I opened uh, my notes here. I've got IMDB from this. And immediately when I opened the screen right there, first thing was... Chris Farley got a coffee addiction during the filming this of movie, Tommy Boy did. and was having 27 cups of cappuccino every day. Sometimes three cappuccinos before a take. What? How? <laughs> what I have like crazy. one coffee a day and that's I feel crazy. like that's enough. So you opened up a coffee and you found out Chris Farley drank coffee. As soon as I opened this thing, that was the first thing that was there. I will tell I you. What a coinkadink. This is... You know, mm-hmm. probably well, it's cosmic. Sometimes this isn't about Tommy Boy. This is about that little coffee Rocco is holding. Yeah, this yeah. is. We're going to talk about Rocco's coffee well, I have uh, for the next hour. I, I got uh, this. Is this at, your first coffee ever? No, I got oh, this at okay. a grocery store. Yeah, a bargain grocery store. Ooh, was it Bargain Market, Factory Outlet, Bargain Market? It sure was. Ooh, they have. You ever drank uh, anything from Factory Outlet, Bargain Market before? No. Well, you well, answered incorrectly because the answer is actually yes. It's kind of random what they have there. Anyways, these little coffee shots usually like they're like three bucks at stores. Yeah, they are twenty five cents a can. Whoa! So I grabbed a bunch. Wow! And I was like, shit, man, that's a pretty good deal. Wait, so that's uh, twenty five cents a can. How many cans did you get? I got like, I think I got like ten. You know, so that's $2.50. Yeah. Wow. What a deal. Now, if you get a coffee at Starbucks, that's $2.95. So So I saved money. You saved 45 cents. Anyway, so I started drinking one and it's black coffee, which is I like. Yeah. I don't know what it is about these drinks. And maybe that's why they were so cheap. The caffeine in them, like I felt like I was going to fly to the moon. And I can drink coffee. This one, uh, though, so well, warning to Rocco. This well, is, yeah, there's like two sips in here. And it's got 150 milligrams of yeah, caffeine. That's, what, that's well, Garrett says that it. he does this pre-workout stuff, and mm. it's like he does a, a caffeine shot, yeah. and it's 250. Oh, my God. That's probably why it was banned from regular retailers and Maybe. relegated to the bargain outlet center. Well, with Garrett's shot, he said, like, I can handle that no problem because I do this every morning. He drank one. He said, oh, fuck, I'm a little wired. Like, If, if it's got Garrett... Uh-oh. Same. Oh, careful. and, and he's got muscle mass. He works out. He's he's used to having an elevated heart rate. Just be careful, uh, dude. It's like you just snorted some cocaine. I mean, we'll see. You know, Rocco we'll see. Escobar over here mm-hmm. is drinking the cocaine. Mm-hmm. Um, have to translate that later. Well, uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, cocaine. Oh, he'll, he'll do the heart oh, for you. Yeah. Well, do they still have coke? Can we get a coke Coca Cola? With the classic cocaine recipe. I think is you that, could do a special mix of it. You could do like a homebrew? Yeah, homebrew. Is that recipe on the internet? It's you like a, a little pinch. You got to get Coke Zero because if it's regular Coke, they've replaced the cocaine with something else. Yeah, so exactly. You get Coke Zero has a little bit less and you throw the, the white stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. And, the white, uh, you, can, <laughs> you put actually real sugar and cocaine, mix it together, then yeah. put all the white stuff in there. Yeah. I really want to know how the original recipe was, like if that, like if it just like totally kicked ass. I bet it was just such a minuscule amount of cocaine. It was actually like good. If you, you know, if, when we went to the world of Coke in Atlanta, would yeah. you have tried it if they had the original version with cocaine it, in it? If they if they were supplying it there, yeah, I would have tried it. Yeah, I've I've never done legal cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> Let's go. I want to see what the original tried, formula was. I tried Beverly, so after that, That's I'll have point. whatever. That's a good point. Yeah, that was like uh, soda with feces in it. Yeah, which was <laughs> equally cocaine uh, would have been damaging. a major improvement on yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, 
Well, that was Movie Club. Let's do some shakers. I give it one. Next week, oh, Waterworld. I was gonna. I was gonna end the Dude, video. No, l- real, real, <laughs> real talk. Uh, Jenny has been saying you should do Waterworld. You gotta do Waterworld. Like, oh yeah, that's been like a, a I, running thing. Where she wants me to do that movie. Uh, just FYI, I've almost picked that about seventy to eighty times on this very show. Yeah. And then every time I look at it again, I'm like, oh yeah, it's like three hours plus and. Um, is that hard to get through. I don't, I don't think know. anybody out there needs our review of Waterworld. <laughs> or I'll give it to you right now. One shaker. It sucks. I haven't the, seen it. It's I've su- never seen it. What sucks is the, I I Dude. love the production of it. I lo- like the the fucking sets are amazing. The concept I love. You know I love sci-fi and all that shit. And uh, like the music is good. Like every ingredient yeah, except so for uh, five the, out of five here. Every ingredient except for like is the movie good? Uh, no. <laughs> it's like, and it's not even like, oh, it's bad, but it's fun to what? No, it's like three hours you are hoping to get back. You are really wow. fighting to get through. Wow, that bad, huh? So. Yeah, it starts bad <laughs> and then it gets worse. And then this is the the worst thing about it. After it starts bad and gets worse, then it decides to get boring. Yeah. So yeah. at that kind point, cool, at cool that, choice, I you're think. like, this sucked. And then it got worse than sucky. And now it just won't end. And they're just like swimming. Yeah. And and that's what makes it so amazing when you see the theme park show Waterworld is that they do the story in about 10 minutes and there's some cool stunts and you're like, okay, that was how it was. Uh, the Waterworld <laughs> theme park show, I think, is time to go. It needs to go the way of the Buffalo. Hmm. I don't think, you know, if you can't top something you made in 1995, that says something about you, Universal huh. Studios. That says something about you. I saw that show recently and I was like, yeah. Same thing I saw when I was in fifth grade. Mm. I never saw it back then. Yeah, I've so never was, seen it. I was blown away. I haven't seen any Waterworld. Uh, you've never seen a stunt. You've never seen a stunt show before. It's just like your no. standard stunt show. I don't think I have seen a stunt. I've seen like at SeaWorld, they used to have like the dog and cat rescue show. I've seen that. That's as far as it goes. That's a seen, pretty. I've never uh, seen a stunt show. That those dogs do some stunts and those cats do some stunts. We even that know closed. some people who you know are in stunt shows, but I've never. All yeah, we know all, Fernando. I've never seen him. We the, could say it. All those shows closed. Oh, well, there you go. The never stunt show uh, and the pet show closed. Yeah. The water world remains. He went on to now. Well, he's back now, but he went to like uh, Universal Shanghai and was doing stunt shows down there. So that's cool. I got to go yeah. see those Shanghai stunt shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? We're only seven minutes in. I think we can go a full 15 minutes without talking about uh, Tommy, Boy. Tommy Boy. Yeah. What, what, we, what are you wearing? Oh, you got beef and bun shirt on. Yeah. Yeah, I got. I uh, every time I've been to Beef and Bun the last five years, I asked them for a shirt, and uh, they finally um, a month ago, no, in January they uh, said, uh, "Okay, yeah, we're we're gonna get some more shirts here. If you really want one, we'll call you." And I gave them all my info and didn't hear anything for a month. I was doing a live stream here, and someone in the chat was like, "Hey, did you ever get that Beef and Bun shirt?" I was like, "I gave them. I think I paid for it." Oh my god! And I never, I forgot completely. Wow, this is like a Patsy scheme, Ponzi scheme. So I, well, I called them the next day, and they, they were like, "Oh, "Um, you're Rocco." No, seriously, they were like, "We, we literally had a meeting about like a meeting. We just got the shirts. Like, how do we reach out to this guy? Like, what, (laughs) what, who's, who's gonna do the two and a half people who work here? uh, (laughs) We all had a meeting. What are we gonna do with this guy's phone number? Um, So what's on the shirt? uh, It says beef. It says bun. bun. And then my favorite logo of all. They put you on the back. Giant. uh, They wow. Guy in a giant made your hair blonde, though. They put that clip art on literally everything. I don't think the camera. Can you show it to the camera? I don't think they could see it. Your your laptop's blocking it. Well, go get close to the camera. 
God. If you, yeah, if you can. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. No, we got it. That's it. What do the words say underneath? Beef? I think it's just the address. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's their uh, URL. Visit it. Beef and Bun. Uh, or don't. It's pretty mid. Anyways. I like it. Welcome. Der- to- Derek oh. has gone after wa- the Waterworld show and Beef and Bun. Yeah. Third, what's next? The third, Tommy thing, what's next? The third <laughs> thing I love. What is, I went after the coffee, yeah. too. Don't forget. I don't care about that. Oh, this I don't care about. What's the third? What is on. the third thing you two love? Things, two things Reveal I love. your secrets. Man. Oh, you don't have a third thing? No, oh, oh no, I don't I'm not gonna reveal it because then it's gonna get attacked. I will, yeah. I'm I'm feeling real harsh today. Uh-huh. Maybe that's just because I finished watching Tommy Boy. Who knows? I uh you know, I'm like David Spade. I I was inspired by Richard in Tommy Boy. Got real quiet in here. Sorry if I <laughs> sucked the wind out of the room. I'm just I'm just messing with you. I like beef and bun. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, uh, you're missing out. Man. They got the they, best they fish tank. Now. They got the best fish tank in, in uh, any do. fast food chain. They actually do, yeah. Ever. Yeah, yeah. But then they also sell fish products there. So I'm like, well, uh, I feel bad eating a fish sandwich looking at this beautiful, <laughs> rare tropical fish. Were you, Derek, were you there when we talked? When I, Did I ever tell you about when I ordered the tub of fish? I tr- I'm trying to go 15 minutes. I know. I just got things to do today, but it's fine. All right. No, no, tub of fish. Go ahead, Rock. The tub of fish, it yeah. had like 28 pieces of fish in it. Uh, and we, and I was able to eat like two and it was bad. It was not a good, good situation. All right. Movie club, Tommy boy. This week is Sean's pick. He picked Tommy boy, the 1995 Chris Farley classic. Do you want to tell people why you picked this movie? Uh, yeah, I picked this movie because I was not allowed to watch it when it came out. And it was one of those went to a friend's house, sleepover movies and I loved it then. And I remember being really nervous when my mom came to pick me up because I thought my friend's mom was going to say what we did. And then like, oh, they watched Tommy Boy. I was really scared that was going to happen. We, I think we watched this and Ace Ventura the same night. And I remember loving this movie and thought Ace Ventura was just okay. So that was my review back then when I was younger. And uh, Did yeah. we do Ace Ventura on Movie Club? No, no, I, we have not. I feel like we did. Mm-mm. We didn't? Mm-mm. No. I have still never seen those. Well, you're going to love it. That was... Uh... Uh, <laughs> next week's movie is Ace Ventura, okay. Pet Detective. Oh, I'm God. I'm just saying it right now. I, I'm not skipping to the... I had a movie that I was going to suggest. Hard Pivot. Okay. In the moment. I'm deciding this right now. We're watching Ace Ventura <laughs> next week. Well, I haven't seen it since that one night. The, honestly, as as fate would have it, so I saw Ace Ventura that one time. I saw the first one that one time. The second one I've seen several times. So it these two movies to me have always been the same, even though they're very different. But that was the uh, again, another one of those things where it was just like every kid at school doing impressions of it. So I was like, I can't, I got to get away from this. So yeah. I never saw it, and I was very like anti Jim Carrey for a while. But then I saw, I think I saw The Mask. And I kind of dug that. This is back then, you know, I don't know if it holds up. But. Well, save your review for next week after we watch Ace Ventura, <laughs> Pet Detective. Yeah. So, Tommy Boy, you were not allowed to see it. No. You saw it. Did you tell your mom? No. God, no, no, oh, no, no. Did no. She, did, does she know to this day that you've seen Tommy Boy? You know what? I don't think I've ever told her. <laughs> oh. I never told her. The one movie she banned I you from seeing. Why did she ban you from? She banned me from seeing any movie that was rated PG-13. Like, I couldn't see anything. 
And I don't know why that is. And I think that's why I'm so the opposite with my kids, where I let them watch whatever they want. I do not care because I was traumatized by this. That first Mortal Kombat movie, all my friends went to the movie theater in the morning to go see it. And I woke up and the it was supposed to it was like a 9 a.m. show super early. I woke up at like 930. I'm like, the movie started. She's like, oh, I decided you shouldn't go see it. But she told me she told me that like after it was too late. And like that made me so mad. So mad. That's really sad. I wanna yeah. like, I wanna cry for you right now. So I think when it came to friends' houses, I was always like, what at least PG thirteen movie can we watch? Because I haven't seen any of them because my mom won't let me. Sean going through the VHS tapes at the sleepover. Care bears, get the fuck yeah, out of here. Honestly. <laughs> Star Wars. Fuck that. No way. What can I watch? Oh. Beverly Hills Ninja. I mean, I honestly remember, and I've told the story before, going to the movie theater with my brother to go see Honey, We Blew Up the Baby. It was yeah. rated PG, and we turned around and went home. Like, what the fuck? Because it was PG? Because PG, and Luke couldn't see that. It's like, yes, he fucking can. Yeah. That what was, the That was some fuck? tepid shit. Mom. Anyways. Maybe uh, your mom just, like, never saw movies and didn't understand the, I don't the know. Rating, I, I honestly have never talked to her about like what the fuck happened there because yeah. that that was a weird that's a weird move. What, what was, was the that? name of the of that movie? Honey, Honey blew we up blew up the baby. baby. Is that the name of the movie? Yeah. Isn't it crazy? That's not the name of the movie. What is it? it it's a total Berenstein Berenstein thing because I remember that too. It's Honey, I blew up the kid. Okay. Uh, but they say, oh well, Honey, I blew up the baby in the movie, and I think that sticks. What? I never saw the movie, and I think yeah. that was and. Uh, that was the original title, and uh, I think at the last minute they got cold feet. Well, like, blew up a baby. We're not gonna do that. That's what it was called when I saw. It. <laughs> I to see it. In but I remember it like that way too. But mm. anyway, that's the story. I never saw that movie, but I loved Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. Ooh, maybe we should watch that next week. No, we'll do that in uh, uh, four weeks. Derek, when have you first seen this movie? Do you remember? <sighs> Tommy Boy. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters either. I saw it at a friend's house. But not because I wasn't allowed to see it. My parents wouldn't take me to see it because they didn't care. You okay. know, my parents took me to see movies with them. Right. So we all had to go see it together. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I saw it at a slumber party, too. My earliest uh, movie theater memory is Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Jesus Christ. I remember being. That's probably why I'm so fucked up as, a, as an adult. <laughs> It's so dark and brooding. That's how I, we're both fucked up in very different ways, Derek. Yeah, I have early <laughs> memories. Like, you know, you're a baby. You can't even comprehend what's happening. And I'm just like, why is the guy with the weird face driving a truck through a house? Uh, as Freddy Krueger was chasing somebody with a diesel oh, truck. Damn. Um, dude, I remember being like seven years old, seeing a few good men in theaters. <laughs> you, know? you must like, have been bored. What? You had to have been bored. No, like I like movies. I feel yeah. like this yeah. is why I like, you know, I, I like dramatic movies. I like, and I like horror movies too. Mm -hmm. My earliest memories are horror movies and drama movies. I don't remember, like, I don't think my parents saw a lot of like comedies and stuff because yeah. they just weren't into it. Sure. Um, yeah. I also want to say that I apologize about last week when I picked the whale. Uh, when we ended the show, I realized that oh. you could only buy that. And I felt like, well, we can't make everyone just buy this movie. So, well, they don't have to buy it. If you don't want to watch it, you don't have to. Well, no, but I think I like that the idea that people watch along with us. So I switched it to Tommy Boy behind the scenes, off air. So, again, I apologize. I, I thought it was available for everyone. It was not. Nice. And Rocco, you had never seen this movie before. Is that no. correct? I'd never seen this. Um, I picked it because if I remember you saying before, you've never seen a Chris Farley movie. No, I, I, I really I hadn't. I'd seen him on SNL and that. Yeah. So it's funny. Like we got to watch a movie of his. And I feel like this is the quintessential Chris Farley movie. 
There are other ones that are good that yeah. I loved as, you know. I was aiming well. for Beverly Hills Ninja, but. I, that was a good the, movie, too. Oh, was it? I, I mean, it was for me. I haven't seen it in, you know, <laughs> 20 years, but yeah. it was. Um, yeah. No, I'd never, yeah. Didn't know anything about this or what it was about. So this is all new experience for me. I didn't realize that Rob Lowe is uncredited in this movie. Yeah, I was super confused oh, about really? that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch the credits. Yeah, I just I was reading the trivia for it, and I guess he was going to be he was pitched the idea by Lauren Michaels to be Chris Farley's brother, and so he said yes. But then Lauren Michaels apparently saw the David Spade and Chris Farley working together at SNL and thought they're a good duo together. Let's change the script a little bit and make it like Rob Lowe. You can still be like a stepbrother, but it's not really about you anymore. You're like kind of like this a side villain or whatever. Yeah. So Rob Lowe agreed to do it, but also was like, I don't need to give credit for this, which is weird. So Rob Lowe was going to be this the Richard character. I guess kinda. Is they're gonna like butt heads? Yeah, I think so. But like it was gonna be like, I think the story was gonna be like the stepbrother and uh, Tommy go along together this trip together trying to save the company <clears throat> as opposed to like him sabotaging it. <laughs> hey Rob Lowe, you're a heartthrob. We think you'd pair good with Chris Farley, play off him, be the sidekick of this movie, be the co-star of this movie. Actually, we're going to make you an alcoholic incestuous villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you now, still down? I'm yeah. not 100% sure on all the details I just gave, but I think that's what I was hearing. It's interesting cuz David Spade and Dana Carvey have um, a podcast called Fly on the Wall. Yeah. And they talk about this. All they do is talk to uh, SNL people. But this movie gets brought up a ton oh, on that podcast. Yeah. So there's all like, it's so funny because I was always I try to find trivia on the movies that we do. And I've never had more trivia than this one because <laughs> people keep, he keeps telling stories on the podcast. So people keep adding it to like the, the yeah. IMDb or wherever they put the trivia. Oh. Yeah. How funny. Why yeah. Because of that podcast. This movie? Oh, sorry. What yeah. were you going to say? No, because of that podcast, the pages gets longer and longer. Yeah. That's really funny. Um, I think they bring up this movie because it's, I think it's David Spade's biggest movie. And then, you know, a lot of times they interview like Rob Lowe was on the podcast because mm. he was the villain in both Tommy Boy and Wayne's World. Oh, so like course. it works yep. with Dana Carvey as well. And so he's talking about both of them and stories come out and. You know, just things naturally happen. <laughs> so there you go. Dana Carvey and David Spade are like too similar. You think? I always <laughs> thought that. Uh, I always felt like they were kind of like light and dark versions of the same comedian. You know I what I mean? Like the yin and yang of of I witty, kinda, skinny, snarky white dude. I feel like Dana Carvey comes off as way nicer than David Spade. David Spade is yeah. kind of kind of, kind of like the asshole, and Dana Carvey just seems nice yeah, to me. Yeah, Dana Carvey's light side, yeah. David Spade is dark side. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But they're both like SNL alumni, yeah. sidekick to the person, to the bigger star. You know, Dana Carvey had Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. Mm-hmm. David Spade had Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. And then, you know, kind of like both their careers didn't really... You know, I, I feel like the they both kind of petered out. They made movies after that. Yeah. Some people love Master of Disguise. They with, do? With Dana Carvey. It's I, fucking good. Have you seen it? No. Uh, fuck, it's awful. Yeah, oh, it's the it worst like thing you've ever watched. I thought that was like terrible. I think it is terrible, but I also think that it's a generational thing. It came out at a time when oh. like the children who saw it were like, oh, that's I always remember that movie. Because um, I've heard a lot of praise like, Oh, you don't like Master of Disguise? It's like, no. Disney just like a turtle? That, <laughs> yeah, like, that, that trailer did not do any favors uh, for that movie. Oh, I think my favorite movie trivia of all time is they filmed the Turtle Club scene on September 11th, 2001. <laughs> they, they, literally, they were on set for the turtle scene going, what's 
going on? Wow. What? And they kept shooting. Wow. You're telling me an even bigger tragedy happened on that day <laughs> than 9-11? Yeah. That's, you just blew my fucking mind. Yeah. That was not a good day in, in history. Just period. You know, this back. movie, the budget for it was $20 million and it made 38 So it's like not a huge, but I, I can't decide, is this movie like a huge, like, cult hit after the fact or is it like because i think it's a big movie but yeah. like the box office doesn't really say that but like is it just because like i grew up with it and all my friends loved it at the time uh, or is it definitely just, uh yeah. the critics panned it when it well i knew out. that that i didn't know yeah but like you know like is tommy boy still a big movie to like younger kids are they still watching this movie or no you know i'm not sure yeah i mean i feel like i heard about this incessantly my entire life. Like, I feel like everywhere I always heard about Tommy Boy. Hmm. Uh, when when any big comedy was brought up, you know, I wasn't connected to it at all, but I always felt like anybody I looked up to or listened to in comedy always talked about Tommy Boy. So I assumed it was a big movie. I thought, I actually thought it was a bigger hit. Than yeah. I didn't know any of what you just said. That's funny. This movie um, has a lot of quotable parts and all yes. growing up, I feel like the uh, housekeeping. Yep. I heard that like every day in school. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. I was I didn't watching know about it, that. and I still think I quote it daily, daily. But it's Wait, just, you do say "holy shnikes a lot. <laughs> Son of a! I know. I um, I think I always go, "What'd you do?" Like all the time, and that's from when like he's pulling like David Spade not pulls the car yeah. door off, mm-hmm. and then also whenever I get hurt, I always am at home. I'm like, I guess it hurts like here, not here. It's like right here. I always like do like that. Like I fucking do that bit. All the time. all. But I think what you do, I say daily. I didn't realize how many things in this were were quotes from. Not from you. I didn't notice any of that. I don't know what you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. But people <laughs> people I knew growing up, even in high school, our friend Matt. Oh, yeah. Every time I'd see him was like, brothers don't shake hands. Brothers hug. Yeah. He said that to me probably 800 times. We would go in for a hug after a play or something. It was just like. I thought he was just saying that. I, didn't, I, didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, there were like 800 things like that in this movie. I was like, oh, that, th- oh, it started here. Okay. Yeah. Chris Farley, it permeates everything. You know, yeah. when you really think about it. Um. Yeah. And then Chris Farley died in like 1997 or was it 98? Yeah. One of those. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah. So uh-huh. this was his, I believe his, he was in Coneheads. He played a sidekick, a side oh, character was. in Coneheads. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. this was his first movie where he was the star. This yeah. was his debut yeah. as like a, uh, as the lead in a movie. Same with David Spade. This was their first, both of their first like real movies, I think. Wow. And I also think it's interesting. They were filming this movie and on SNL at the same time. Oh my god! So they had to like, f- like film SNL, fly to Toronto to film, then fly back for rehearsal for SNL, then fly back to Toronto. Like they were just damn. Like they didn't have a second off. And then they there's like all this talk that like they hated each other on set. They were like constantly fighting with each other oh. because <laughs> they were just, I think maybe exhausted and sick of each other. Uh, yeah, just I could see that. <laughs> yeah. They are like speaking to each other through director, the director, because like, I'm not going to talk to him. So you tell him this. I said, and then they made the- another movie. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they made up. Again. Uh. They made up. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of people today, if you're younger, if you didn't grow up in the 90s, you probably maybe don't even know who Chris Farley is because, um, you know, this was his first movie. And then within three years, he passed away. It's sad because... 
he, I feel like he never got to really shine. You know, I feel yeah. like this was kind of just a warm up to bigger things that ultimately never came. I was thinking about that exact thing, Derek. And I was thinking like, you know, we missed out on like Chris Farley's uncut gems or whatever That's that would what have been. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. Cause I bet it would have been fucking cool. Like some like dramatic role with Chris Farley, like, you know, later on in life, I bet it would be good. You know, I feel like he could act. And so I just feel like, yeah, we missed out on like that part of him. I would love to see Uncut Gems with Chris Farley. Yeah. yeah. Holy shnikes. <laughs> Kevin Garnett took my gem. Uh, holy shnikes. Anyways. Yeah. So let's get into the plot of Tommy Boy. It's a quick film. It's a short film. So this is not going to go very long. Don't worry. Even though we've wasted a lot of time, we're going to wrap it up fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to summarize the whole movie. We're going to spoil. We're going to spoil it. We're going to reveal the twist ending. We're going to reveal all the red herrings and false endings. Um, you know the shadow characters. We're going to ruin everything. So if you haven't <laughs> seen it yet, do yourself a favor. It's not going to be the same after you watch this. So go watch it and then come back. Uh, here we go. The movie stars Chris Farley and. Um, I can't remember the name of his character, actually. Who? Chris Farley. Uh, Tommy. Yeah, I'm just kidding. He plays <laughs> oh, Tommy. Like, what? He plays a character <laughs> named... I was like, Tommy, what? what the fuck? What is happening? Uh, he plays a character named Tommy Callahan. The movie opens with uh, Tommy as a young boy, and he's late for school, and he has to, he misses the bus, and he has to like run to school, and he's like running into things and falling down. Basically, he's like just... Even though he's a little kid, they're kind of just already portraying him as like a, uh, like a, you know, like kind of a big fat idiot. You know, I hate to, I hate to use that term, but I feel like it's a, it's a TV trope and a movie trope. Yeah. You kind of don't see it anymore. I feel like, I feel like this character is not around anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. This was the same time as like heavyweights where that was kind of like fat kids were kind of just like. I'm putting that like that's what people were. The making. loser is also fat. Yeah, yeah. that was the he's the, lost the, at every level. Definitely the '90s gimmick. Yeah. I yeah. feel like the you know the big fat idiot character now would be like Chris Pratt in Parks and Rec. You know, mm-hmm. Andy, where yeah. he's just kind of like a little chubby, but you know, he's big dumb lovable idiot. But right. not to the level of like Chris Farley, John Candy. Uh, you know, going back like Fatty Arbuckle, going back, you know, a hundred years. This has always been like a, there's always been like somebody like this in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Nobody like this now though. Um, he's running to school and then they do a quick transition where he's immediately a, uh, a grown up. He's a college student still running to school. So I guess it implies that he's never got his act together, right? Yeah. He's gone through school and he, it's always been a problem. Yeah. The college that he runs to is a college he actually graduated from in real life. Fun fact. Oh, what college was that? Well, I have it. Shit. You, you stumped me. I'll find it. But oh. I have it somewhere. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, what college? I didn't I assumed I didn't know Chris Farley was college educated. Yeah, and he Because uh, I'm certainly not. He played uh on the rugby team and he's wearing his rugby jacket in one one shot of the movie. Whatever. Oh, so Chris Farley was like an athlete. Yeah. This is surprising huh. to me. I never knew any of this stuff. Yeah. It was Marquette University. Yes, I thank you. Thank you. Nice. Well done. Um, dang, Chris Farley is multi-talented actor, comedian, rugby player. Mm-hmm. He is there for his last class, the last day of class, and he gets a D plus and he celebrates because now he can graduate. Yes. Um, and then he goes to like a post-grad party where he uh, 
throws back a couple beers, smokes the bong, and falls through a table. Oh, no. Classic Chris Farley. Uh, if you've never seen Chris Farley on SNL, I think every single skit ends with him falling through a table. That, that was... That was a Chris Farley trope for yeah, sure. He did that like in every single skit. So, um, <laughs> yes, he did. That's this, weird. this, I feel like this movie has a lot of things that are kind of just he workshopped these on SNL and then they're just a present in this movie. You know, you got fat guy in a little jacket, uh, which he did on SNL a lot. Oh, and, did he? I didn't know that actually. Yeah, that was, and I guess, uh, the story that we heard on that, um, off the wall podcast or fly on the wall podcast is that. That was a bit that they just did. Chris Farley was due to David Spade all of the time. And he'd be like right in his office. And then Chris Farley, like, David, turn around and look. He's like, I'm not looking. Don't ruin none of my jackets. I'm not looking. Please, I don't want to see Fat Guy in a coat again. He's like, no, it's not that. It's something different. He turned around and it was always that. And he'd always rip his jacket. Like, he said that that was just like a thing that he would always just destroy his jacket, thinking it was so funny. And then he said, if you have a bit like this, David, you can't let it go. You have to use it. Um, I guess also when Chris Farley died, uh, all of this stuff was given to like his sister and his mom, whatever. But uh, recently, they got in contact with David Spade saying, like, hey, we have that jacket that he ripped, fat guy in a little coat jacket, and they gave it back to David, and now he has like hanging up in his like office, whatever. Shit, yeah. wow. He's got the coat. Got the coat! Um... <laughs> Did you guys watch SNL in the 90s? Did you watch I did. Chris Farley and David I Spade did. on SNL? This to me, and I was a kid, but it was prime SNL with like all these people on it. Like it was like Phil Hartman and David Spade and Chris Farley and Adam Sandler. Like that, that was my time yeah. for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw like reruns on Comedy Central or E whenever I got a chance, but it was typically around that era. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't I wasn't watching it religiously, just kind of whenever it popped on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I used to watch SNL uh, as a kid a lot, too. Chris Farley was great on SNL. He had, yeah. like, the famous Chippendales audition yeah. Yeah. with Patrick Swayze and then the motivational speaker. I can't remember his name. Uh, Lived Mick, by a van by down the river. What, what is that? Um, Something Matt, Foley. Matt, Matt, Matt Foley. Matt Foley. Matt Foley. Yeah, yeah and uh, David Spade did not do Weekend Update. Correct. Uh, no, he did. He, he did. I thought he did. Did he do it after Kevin Nealon, but before Norm Macdonald? I, th- I think maybe. He, yeah. Because I, I, I specifically remember them cutting to a picture of Eddie Murphy and and David Spade turning the camera, going, "Oh, look, a falling star, make a wish." Yeah, that. But that was when he did. It was like a yeah, but Hollywood Minute is what it was called, and he would just oh. go on and just like do the meanest jokes about people. Oh, I think he was like a was. correspondent. Oh, I think okay. Okay. Cause I, yeah, I didn't know. I just remember as I a don't kid think, watching I don't think he set. was, I don't think he hosted host. it, but he should have hosted it. Cause yeah, he would have um, been great for that. Yeah. I was, I loved Norm Macdonald. Um, yeah, which a lot of people didn't, but I did. I, I did too. Oh yeah. Um, but, but David Spade would have been great. I was never a huge fan of Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon's sense of humor bothers me. <laughs> really it's so weird it's it's a brand of i have to respect it because he's a successful comedic actor but yeah. for me i'm just like i don't get it <laughs> i yeah i i liked him i don't know if i liked him as much as these other guys but i i liked him i always at, i will say this as a kid he had a few off jokes in it that made me like that other that the other comedians wouldn't have done you know what i mean um, I remember specifically he did weekend update and turn to the camera and was like, you know, there are a lot of people out there. All right, our next story. And then he would move on to the next thing. As a kid, that made me laugh. But um, but I don't I wouldn't put him up there with the other 
with the other people we mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, it's like grandpa humor. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I acknowledge that that's funny on paper, but it's not hitting me in, in my heart. Uh, back to Tommy Boy. Chris Farley graduates college, and uh, we already talked about how he fell through a table. So he goes to visit his dad's uh, factory, Calhoun Auto Parts, which is owned by his dad, Mr. Calhoun, played by Calhoun. Brian Dennessy. Is that how you say Dennehy. it? Dennehy. I'm thinking of like Dennis and the Menace. It's Callahan. Just, I don't know if it matters. But just didn't I say, did I say Callahan? Yes, you did. Sorry, Callahan. It's okay. it's okay. It's a good old Irish name, Callahan. That wasn't Irish at the end. My accent kind of slipped. <laughs> um, and, you know, I like the way they portray that Tommy, even though he is an idiot, um, everybody in the factory knows him and likes him. Like, he grew up in the factory and he's friends with everybody. And that's why I kind of took away from it now watching it where it's like, oh yeah, like he definitely is loved by everyone. Like he, everyone was rooting for him and no one's really pissed off at him for coming back here. Well, there's one guy who's kind of a dick, but everyone seems to really like loves Tommy very much. Yeah, he's likable, uh, but obviously nobody believes in his ability right. as a businessman. And Tommy has major problems. He's socially and intellectually immature, extremely immature. So the idea of putting him in charge of a factory of 300 people making automobile breaks like it's a safety factory. You know, mm -hmm. there's no way he can handle this. Yeah. Um, but it's okay because, you know, he's his dad is going to just give him a cushy position and work with him and kind of train him until he's ready. And his father is also engaged to this babe played by Bo Derricks. Um and they're going to get married, and Bo Derricks has a son, played by Rob Lowe. And so Tommy has a new stepbrother, and brothers don't shake hands, they hug! <laughs> the famous quote. Um, Rob Lowe is an alcoholic out the gate. He has a he has a beer bottle every single scene in this movie. He seriously, like, it's so funny because in Wayne's World, you see him, and he's like, you can tell he's shifty, but he goes off like he's a nice guy and trying to help them. But you can just know like he eventually is going to turn. But there is none of that here where it's like he's just an asshole from second one. Hmm. I think the first thing he did was like, like yeah, drink the beer bottle in his throat and like <laughs> break it. It's like he's just a fucking dick. Yeah. Well, uh, I think the first thing he just gets off a bus and he's drinking oh, like, on the bus. That's what it was. And then that kid's face in the glass and he hits the kid in yeah. the face. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's what it is. Yeah, and uh, he tries to bond with Tommy. They go hang out um, to have fun, but Tommy takes Roblo cow tipping, and Roblo's not into it. And Tommy gets a face full of cow shit. Yeah. Anything else to add to these opening scenes? No, watching these opening scenes, though, I was like, I think Rocco's going to hate this. I was like thinking that he's going to get mad at me. Well, <laughs> no, I was, gonna, I was telling Sean yesterday, uh, I... You know, this type of movie, I mean, I, I feel like there were a lot of movies like this in the 90s, this kind of for, formula or whatever, um, but I do really like Chris Farley. So I was like, and, I, and as I said before, I with, when it comes to comedies, I'm very drawn to personalities. That's kind of like the main thing for me is like, if I really like that person, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to like go through a, even if the script was shitty, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I really liked it. I was laughing really hard. I'll say about this part of the movie. I was laughing really hard at them giving them that fridge. That whole bit was new to me and I was laughing so hard at, uh, wow, this will fit a whole six uh, milk. 
<laughs> and yogurt and cheese and Brian Dennehy's response of anything, anything you want to keep cool. That yeah. killed me. So yeah, I was like, right. okay, I'm laughing. I'm yeah, laughing. Cool. Like I put a whole ton of beer soda in yeah, here. Soda. And milk and yogurt. Yeah, anything. I just love the response to a fridge. Yeah, anything you want to keep cool. <laughs> that killed me. So, again, as I was at this part of the movie, I was laughing at that. I'm okay, like, okay, okay, I don't know how mind-blowing the, the script is going to be, but I the people are making me laugh. I like the I like the performances. They're okay, making good. me laugh. All right, good. So, yeah. So, this is all the first act, right? This is just establishing life is normal. It's just a typical day in Tommy's life. He's going to work at this factory for his dad. And live happily ever after. They go uh, and have the wedding scene. His dad gets married. It's a great wedding. He's Tommy's there partying with Brian Dennehy. Uh, but then his dad has a heart attack at the wedding and dies. And suddenly, oh, are you laughing at that? <laughs> Jeez, oh, dude. No. That's like, this is like the saddest part of the movie. The part that always got me as a kid is when it's just David Spade going around filming people like getting their reactions, but they've done a thousand times in movies. Yeah. But I all it's it doesn't not even this movie. Anytime they use this trope of someone saying something they regret on the wedding tape is always funny to me. And this that one guy is like, you know, I forget the wife's name. What's Bo Derek's name in the movie? Um Ju- Julie? No. No, no, no. Beverly. And it's like, congratulations, Beverly. And, he, and Tom, God, I would love to get a piece of that. Like, talking about, like, how much, like, fuck Beverly. And he's like, oh, wait, no. Um, oh, God, no. And you try to get the tape back in David's table. I don't know. It's, just, it's always a funny trope to me. That's all. Sorry. I laughed at that. Not that he died. That, that part was sad. I glanced over the, the I know. comedy part. I went straight to the death. I wasn't even going to talk about that part. But then I just thought of it and I started laughing. I'm sorry. Um, I thought that character was going to be, like, a way bigger villain. Oh, the... Like the guy who works with Tommy? The the but, dude who said that? Like, oh, okay, yeah. I really want to get a piece of beverage. Because Tommy, like, when he first meets him, was like, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, I just got pancreatic surgery, but other than that, fine. And I was, you know, he says yeah. something like that. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the negative guy at the corporation. Right. who Kind of like in Billy Madison, you know, Eric. Yeah, yeah, Eric the yeah, guy yeah. who works at the company who's <laughs> yeah. like, this guy's too stupid to inherit the company. I have to work to make sure this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're right. But he never... There's no, there's no plot twist really with him. Good. Yeah. Cool. Um, so where do we leave off? Oh, yeah. He dies. The dad dies. What do you think of that? Uh, I, I've always liked Brian Dennehy. I always liked that actor. So I was kind of stoked he'd be in this movie. So when he died, I was like, oh. <laughs> Thought it was going to. Yeah, I was looking forward to Chris Farley, David Spade, Brian Dennehy. That was like, oh, that's my trio right there. But not to uh, be down to down to two. Down to two nobodies, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, anyway, no, I was bummed about that though. They didn't even bring him back in like ghost form, you know. That, yeah, do like a force ghost. This you is know. actually a lot. I feel like a lot of um, SNL movies have like weird things in them, and this one is like really straightforward. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Tommy inherits the factory, and um. What I don't well, know. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> they're making new brake pads. They're trying to get them sold, but no one's going to trust Tommy to buy them. The company is going to go under. So Tommy sells his shares to the bank to get the money to float the company for a little bit, and then go on this road trip with David Spade, trying to sell the brake pads and save the company. Yeah, you said it. Oh, what? Yeah, I never, I never knew which movie was. Uh, I knew they did a couple movies together. Uh, him and uh, Chris Farley, David Spade. 
And I kept hearing like, oh, that road trip movie is really like there was a road trip. I was like, what, where is there? Is that Black Sheep? Is that this? I don't know what it is. Yeah. So I'm watching this like, oh, it must be the other movie. But then, yeah. Then but, you know, <laughs> this to me, as I said, when we watched Plane, Trains and Automobiles, reminded me of like, oh, that's where they got this idea for Tommy Boy. It was like there's a lot of very similar things, I thought. Yeah. With that movie after seeing that for the first time. Yeah, uh, David Spade, um, Tommy realizes to save the company, he has to hit the road and personally um, meet with all of his dad's clients because they're going to drop the company now that now that the boss is dead. But Tommy doesn't know anything about this business because he's a slacker. And so David Spade is forced to go with him as, as what's his dad's character's name? Is it Big Tom? Yeah. I'll say Big Tom. Okay, yeah. They were both named Tom, right? Yeah, yeah. He was Big Tom's right-hand man. So David Spade is forced to go on this trip, and he says that right out the gate, like, because Adam Sandler's fucking goofing off and not taking his job seriously and just kind of like, oh, this is just fun, isn't it? Like, everything's all good. And David Spade's like, do you even grab the reality? Like, you're the boss. You should care more than anybody. This isn't a vacation. Like I'm forced to be here. Can you please take this seriously? Um, and so that kind of like straightens up Tommy, like let's review, like, you know what we're doing here, but they, they just can't make any sales. Obviously Tommy is just like incapable of making sales and it is pretty funny to watch him try to make these sales. Yeah, it is funny. I feel like a lot of this movie turned, it turns into like just little bits. Like, Plot point, it's very A to B. It's nothing, but it's a lot of the, the it's the fun we have along the way kind of movie where it's like they're singing in the car, you know, and then all of a sudden they hit a deer and then like that's the whole thing. But it's like, that's not like a major point. It's, things just keep happening to them. Yeah. You know, the car just keeps getting more and more destroyed as time goes on. But, you know, it's yeah. nothing like it's... Just a vessel to let Chris Farley do funny shit. That's pretty much, yeah. I feel like, what this movie ends up being and having, even like a... They're at the hotel and they look out the window and, or David's just David stayed by himself and it's uh, him seeing that girl taking all her clothes off to go skinny dipping, and then Tommy walks in catching him masturbating, which I didn't get that when I first saw it, that he was, <laughs> I I thought he just got embarrassed as he was peeking at the girl. I didn't realize what yeah. he was doing. If you had been more experienced with PG thirteen movies, I would have known. Yeah, it's like a classic. Oh yeah, the, the masturbation out. joke is a classic. All my trope. friends were joke <laughs> laughing and I was like, yeah, she like, was naked. Why is that funny, guys? I mean, yeah, I got a boner too. What's embarrassing? Anyways, um, yeah. So the second ha- act of this movie is the road trip act of the movie, and there's this trajectory that happens where they fail to make any sales, and then they start fighting with each other. When they're pumping gas one day, it's a it's a classic scene. Actually, I thought the scene was so funny when I was a kid. Tommy's pumping gas, but he accidentally backs the car up with the door open. And it hits a post and it bends all the way back. And then he like, while David Spade is trying to get directions in the store, Tommy's in the background, like trying to fix the door. David Spade loves this car, by the way. (laughs) And he gets the door back on and it looks like it's all normal. But then David Spade's like, all right, let's go. And he opens the door and the whole thing comes off. And he's like, what did you do? What did you do? Blaming it on him. <laughs> um, and then they're driving and argue, kind of bonding, but kind of arguing too and not paying attention to the road. They do hit a deer. They think they kill it. They feel bad. They put the deer in the back of the car. They are continuing to not um, make any sales. And it's getting worse and worse. Literally, there's a scene where... Tommy tries to, because they sell brake pads, and he tries to 
tell a guy why he should buy his brake pads and he uses these like model toys on the on the table and he like crashes them and lights them on fire and the guy's like get the fuck out what are you doing yeah <laughs> it's interesting to me i think this movie is secret secretly has symbolism in it you know okay because that scene is like tommy is crashing and burning mm-hmm. but he's depicting a family crashing and burning okay you know sure i can see that when you think about that now think about this they work for an auto parts factory and the car that they drive in is representative of the state of that factory. Of the company, you're right. This is what I realized yeah. watching the movie now, because as the movie progresses, the car becomes more and more destroyed by Tommy, mm-hmm. despite the fact that David Spade really cares about the car. And he's trying to keep it and together. He's trying to yeah. keep the car together. And the progression of the destruction of the car coincides with the progression of Tommy becoming a better salesman after he crashes and burns the car is completely destroyed mm-hmm. because the deer that they hit that they thought was dead was actually alive and it wakes up and totally destroys the car yeah then they get into a fight like a fist fight and Chris Farley gets his ass kicked by David Spade literally gets his ass kicked and this is kind of the wake up call that he fucking needs in life. It's like he got the shit kicked out of him and he's sitting there and, you know, I feel pain. Is it here? Is it here? Your favorite scene. Yeah, yeah. And then the waitress comes up and he sells the waitress like, can I get some wings? We're not making any wings. And he talks her into it. And David Spade tells him, like, that's how you need to sell. You need to do that with other people. So that's the midway point. Yeah. You know, and you know what? Like it was before he was trying to sell it his dad's way. Yeah. But he had to figure out how to sell it his way. But also he's been skating through life, mm-hmm. his whole life. And he's a total fuck up. And yet he never faces any repercussions. Mm-hmm. A guy like that has probably never had his ass kicked. Right. Mm-hmm. Physically. Yeah. And so that is representative of like, welcome to the real world, dude. If you're not going to get it together, you're going to experience real pain. (laughs) Yeah. So he has that moment and then he kind of figures out how to sell and then he starts making sales and we see the car getting built back together. Mm -hmm. Right. They like, they replace the door and they put like the fake. And I was watching it this time being like, Oh, they destroyed the car. Now they're putting the car back together. (laughs) I get it. Yeah. You don't notice that as a kid necessarily. Yeah. There's secret symbolism in this movie. I see what's going (laughs) on here. Right. As an adult. That's really, that's really astute. So basically Tommy has figured out his problem now and he's going to save the company, but deus ex machina happens and you know, fate intervenes and just a clerical calculating error by Rob fucking low. Oh, did he actually sabotage that? Yeah. He goes into the, he goes into that girl's office who Tommy has a kind of love interest in this movie. Her whole thing is I don't keep files. He walks in and he deletes all, he changes all of the programming of like, oh, they wanted a thousand parts. They're going to get a thousand, a hundred of his other parts into this address. He changes everything up. So it's all wrong. I missed that. And one of the things I felt watching this movie was that the Rob Lowe scenes were like 
too, there wasn't enough Rob Lowe. I almost felt mm. like Rob Lowe wasn't, it was like every 15 minutes or so, you just get a scene of Rob Lowe being a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. You know? And yeah, I could see that. I kind of had that feeling too. So yeah. we find out that Rob Lowe is not actually the daughter of Bo Derrick's. He's her son. lover. Yes. Uh, not, the, not the daughter. He's not her son. Yeah. He's her lover and they're married and, and they're con artists. And then Rob Lowe, there's a scene where he tries to sabotage the trucks. I think this is why I missed the file thing is because he goes to sabotage the trucks earlier and it completely doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like he fails. That's why. Yeah. So yeah, when he is, he is in her office and she comes in and he's on the phone, but it's on his bad ear. And like, he's just like switched it up in the last second. He's like, okay, I'll have to talk to her. And like hangs up the phone, like tries to like get out of the office without like being yeah. realized, you know, what and he then his did. shirt gets sucked off. And yeah, that's correct. And that was funny. Yeah. Okay. So Rob Lowe sabotages the company because, um, big Tom's wife and Rob are, they're con artists. They're trying to get all the money for themselves. Yeah, they want Tommy to fail. Classic comedy con artist plot story. So there's nothing they can do. They've fucked up. And there's another auto manufacturer who goes by the name of Zelinsky. I don't remember his first name, but he's played by Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, you got me back. Brian Dennehy dying. I was like, damn, we lost him, but we gained the Croyd. We're good. Not bad. We got it. We got the Croyd. We're, we're set. That's I worth was, two Dennehy's at uh, least. Exactly. I was so happy to see. I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to listen. I'm not going to sit here and hype up Dan Aykroyd. But when he shows up in a movie, I'm always it makes me happy. I don't know. I'm always happy to see him. Yeah. He's so corny. His that hair I just, in this is so like high and wild. Yeah. Like he's just so corny. It's like a comfort to me. I don't know what it is. Hmm. So, uh, I love Coneheads. I think that movie is so funny. I've never seen that. Coneheads? Seen that. Yeah. Honestly. It's funnier than Tommy Boy. I th I think uh. you, we should watch it. Have you seen Coneheads? No, it that that always looked kind of like what I don't know. As a kid, Dude. I was like, what is the point? Coneheads of is fucking amazing. They're very obviously aliens, but they just tell everybody they're European. Yeah, and, they're from France, and right? That's <laughs> that's the that's the crux of all the humor. Mm -hmm. But there's huh. so much you can do about aliens just trying to fit in on Earth. But everybody chalks their weirdness up to, oh, they're just from France. It's a commentary on like America. Yeah. Like yeah. just writing off weirdness as like, well, you're not from America. So, blah, 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 and like not really looking into it deeper. And yeah. Coneheads is fucking amazing and awesome. Uh, we'll watch that after Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan Aykroyd and Dan Aykroyd and Chris Farley are both in Coneheads. So, I feel like there had to be some I didn't sort know Chris of. Chris Farley was in that. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd stars in Coneheads. Chris Farley plays a minor part, so maybe it was like, hey, Dan, now I'm the star. You play Zelensky. Zelensky is an automaker who's going to buy Callahan parts if they if uh, if they go out of business. He's there to swoop up the name. Yeah. And at this point in the movie, all is lost, but Chris Farley gets the idea, like, let's just go talk to Zelensky in person because he seems like such a nice guy in his commercials. So they go to Chicago and they meet Dan Aykroyd and they find out he's a ruthless, savage businessman. Um, in contrast to the the character he portrays on TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the scene of uh, them, it's so ridiculous, them going to the, um, I think it's Chicago, to get, like, they they pose as, like, steward, uh, flight attendants. It's ridiculous. But I think that maybe it was because of David Spade that was his thing. He was doing that bye bye thing. Is I don't know if that was the same time as this or this is after or not, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that was an SNL skit. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, but I love. The, I've always loved when he is checking for Zelensky in the bank and he yells out, "This will only take a second. And then like everyone like falls yeah. to the ground, throws their guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. Always good. Yeah. 
So um, he corners Zelensky and tells him, like, you know, you're going to put a lot of people out of business. And Zelensky basically tells him, like, yeah, I don't care. That's business. Deal with it. And he's like, oh, I thought you were a nice guy. What are we going to do? Um, so then, again, all is lost. The the love interest that you mentioned, I can't remember her name. Uh, oh, oh, what is her name? Maybe that is... Um Sorry. Julia, Ju- the J name? Mm, I yeah, want to say it was Julie. Like, is, is yeah, it Julie? Yep, yep, Julie. Okay, the love interest who's in charge of uh, all the I'm orders. Say, but that's a real name, Michelle. Michelle, yeah. <laughs> she mentions earlier in this movie that she has a brother who's a cop. We never see this cop character. I thought maybe he would play into this in some way. Mm-hmm. But she shows up and she's like, I had my brother do a background check. And Rob Lowe and Bo Derricks, they're not mother and son. They're actually married. Oh, Ooh. So the marriage between Bo Derricks and Brian Dennehy was null and void because she was already married and he didn't know. So it's not legal. So this sale that they're orchestrating with Zelensky is also illegal. Mm -hmm. And Tommy Boy, he knows that they're in there trying to make the sale. So he's like, I have a plan. And he gets like road flares and a wristwatch and he strapped. He makes it look like he has a bomb strapped to his chest. Uh, so that he can kind of like intimidate his way all the way to the top of the of the skyscraper. Is, I mean, it's clearly ridiculous and like it's stupid. It was stupid then. It's more stupid now. Like the news reporter is like with the camera crew following him. It's like, yeah, what what camera crew's gonna? Oh yeah, guy with the bomb must follow him and go to the room with him. It's like <laughs> that seems crazy. It's all crazy. This is just like '90s comedy logic. You yeah, know? like. The movie Airheads is about a bunch of dudes who like take a radio station hostage. That's a good movie too. We're watching that after. Oh yeah, uh, Conan. Okay, cool. So we got the next five movies picked here. Perfect. Uh, I feel like a lot of comedy movies in the '90s just casually threw in like bombs and guns and hostage situations. Oh yeah, yeah. As like a comedy plot. Yes. Which, when, yeah. Not not even comedy movies. I mean, I feel like that's played for laughs. And like, I always think of Batman Returns. It's like, oh, look at these clown guys. <laughs> Flamethrower. All right. You know, uh, fire guns on the parade as the bat flies it, you know. Yeah. yeah people were it's just like, a lot more cavalier about violence. Yeah. It was like, ha shot them all. Ooh, okay. It was a different <laughs> world back then. Different time. So once he gets up to Zelensky's office, he basically, because he has the camera crew there and it's this national news? It must be. This local news. I mean, I guess if it's a hostage situation and they're filming the bomber, that probably would be broadcast nationally. (laughs) Sure. So he did have a smart plan in that that regard. And Uh he gets Dan Aykroyd's character to agree on camera. He's like, hey, you always say you make parts by the American people for the American people. Well, why don't you place an order for Callahan Breaks, half a million, made by 300 hardworking blue-collar Americans right here on camera? And because Dan Aykroyd doesn't want to blow his TV persona, he goes, of course, of course I'll do that. And he signs the order and kind of mutters to Tommy, like, the whole company's going to be mine in five minutes anyways. What's the matter? Yeah. But then Tommy outsmarts him by revealing that Bo Derricks and Rob Lowe are not actually legally members of the Callahan family and have no legal authority to sell the company. And now Tommy has control. And guess what? He ain't selling yeah, and I don't know if that would hold any water in court, but this is movie <laughs> logic, yeah, I don't know. so it seems to make sense here. So, Tommy has saved the day, and he goes back to the factory, and he is hailed as a hero. Uh, the factory workers cheer for him. 
And all's well that ends well, basically. Pretty much. He becomes a successful boss. And then it ends with him back on that boat that his dad bought him talking to his dad. And that's, you know, nice little moment. And then he gets hit in the head and more Chris Farley, you know, can say son of a one more time. And then the movie's over. Nice little ending. Yeah. With a little bow on it. And the end. And that's Tommy Boy. That is Tommy Boy. Um... We can review it now. We can give it some shakers. Yeah. Um, but let's, before we give it shakers, so what'd you guys think of the movie? I liked it. Rocco? Um, well, I felt like, a, you know, just like the story itself, I just feel like I've seen that so many times in these 90s. You know, like visiting these uh, Adam Sandler movies for the first time for Movie Club and now this. You know, I just feel like they all fall into this, uh, oh, let's put this giant, you know, man baby into this professional situation or, you know, whatever. And so, like, story-wise, yeah, kind of, I felt like I had seen it already. Uh, But, as I said, I am, 99% of all comedies that I enjoy, I'm drawn to because of the personalities. And I think Chris Farley and David Spade are funny. I like them. And as we said, this is like a vessel for them to just do shit. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, we, we talked about a million years ago, UHF. I'm not going to sit here and tell you UHF is a great fucking story, but I like Weird Al. So they give him an opportunity to do a bunch of shit. So I'm drawn to it. You know what I mean? And uh, so I feel like that here, you know, uh, Chris Farley is making me laugh the whole time. You know, he's great. His performance is so funny. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so that to me, where where I might not care about the story that much, him being there and you know, he elevates the whole thing. Him and him and David Spade are a great duo. And so that to me was like the reason to see this. Yeah. You know, that, that, you know, if you're seeing it for the script, you may, you may want to watch something else, but this is this, it served its purpose. So, uh, so I ended up, uh, you know, enjoying it. Okay. Uh, maybe I would have been more blown away by it had I seen it then, but yeah, because what I you're enjoyed seeing it with that trope, you know, yeah. of like two, this was kind of maybe the first or the second, I think Billy Madison came out, in theaters, like when this was being edited, so it's like oh, okay. I kind of feel like it's like when I saw Terminator Two, and I was like, yeah, I've seen this movie before. Like, yeah, but this was the first one to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe that's kind of the case. I'm not saying this is a very original. You know, it takes yeah. a thousand other movies yeah, I've been I'm, seen before. I'm seeing it in a way later context. That that was me seeing Goodfellas. I was like, got it. But then it was like, well, yeah, you didn't see it in the fucking '90s, dude. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? I I kind of had to put some context. So on maybe it. this might get kind of a pass for me for that reason because like well this is like one of the first ones did it so they they copied this movie Mm. anyways sure Derek what do you think yeah you know I really liked this movie as a kid and I liked all these movies as a kid but reviewing it this time I have changed Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've changed and I don't think I like Chris Farley anymore Oh, wow. I think that that appealed to a person that I no longer am. Mm -hmm. And I've gone through the looking glass now. And when I used to think like, dude, this guy's so funny. This is so funny. (laughs) Now I'm just like, this dude's a giant fucking idiot. (laughs) I was just like, this to me is like really juvenile, which is fine. It's fine. I loved this movie when I was 13. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, I feel like the world has changed. You know, there's no cell phones in this movie. There's no internet in this movie. This 
it's, it's a movie from 1995 that could have been made in 1985. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like it's left over from an older era of movies and an yeah. older era of America. And maybe because I'm just so far removed from that version of society, I just, this movie, I, I just can't really get invested in it. I found myself like just kind of like shrugging at everything, you know? And also too, maybe it is because I've just experienced this movie so much. It was quoted throughout my whole childhood, but I knew all the jokes and mm. I was just like, eh, it's not really doing it for me anymore. So I actually probably enjoyed this movie the least of anybody here today. Hmm. I would say, uh, maybe we'll see when, when we give reviews, we'll see it's, it is shaker time. So I guess we could just do that now, but that's interesting. Um, for me, this movie is just, it's like one of those like comfort things. Like I put it on and I just can like forget about everything else. And I'm just relaxed. Honestly, watching this movie. I love watching these two together. And, um, it, it, yeah, it's just one of those movies that just reminds me of being a kid. So if I saw it for the first time today, I have no idea what I would give it. But I'm giving it four shakers just out of what it, I think, means to me. When I watch it now, I still feel like, oh, yeah. And I can still, I can quote this fucking thing back to front, which means it must be good in my world. So four for me. Four shakers. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, like I said at the beginning of this, it's a tragedy that Chris Farley died. I feel like he never got to come into his own this is the beginning of the Chris Farley arc, but it it doesn't really progress past this because he died so quickly after this. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked up to his comedy when I was younger, but now that I'm old, I'm much older than he is in this movie. I'm like, this is made for a you know. I already said it's it made for a younger version of me. Yeah, I don't think this movie is like required viewing. You know, mm-hmm. so I give it like a. I give it like a two. And I feel like I'm, I'm even questioning where I'm teetering between a one mm-hmm. and a two, but yeah. I am going to give it a two. And I think that the actual saving grace of this movie is David Spade. I think David Spade is the source of most of the comedy for me. He's the funniest part of this movie. And then the rest of it, I could kind of like leave. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought Chris Farley was really funny in this. I still think he's funny. Um I, I thought I think his physical comedy is great. Um and them against each other is uh him and David Spader. I still I thought was good having having never seen or known anything about this. I I I thought they were both entertaining. I didn't care about the story, like I said. So yeah, I, I might I might give it a maybe a two and a half. I might round it up to a three. Um, I, but I probably won't watch it again. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's like, maybe I'm giving it too high of a score, but yeah. I've given movies fours. I've never seen, I'll never see it again. I don't know if that yeah. distinguishes the shaker for me, you know, to you know, each their own. You can rate it whatever you yeah, want. Do what your heart tells There's you no rules to the shakers. Yeah. yeah. Every I mean, man gets to decide his own shaker score. I mean, I gave home alone almost a negative one. I didn't know it was impossible until I did it, you know? So was that really your review of Home Alone? Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2. two. Home Alone 2 was a negative one. It was almost. I made a zero to be nice. Tommy Boy and Home Alone 2 are so not <laughs> that even, far apart. Don't even say in that. In my to me. opinion. Don't even <laughs> they, say that. They're to me. not separated by five shakers. I feel 
Uh, They're not five shakers apart from Black each other. Black Sheep and Home Alone 2 are pretty <laughs> similar. But Tommy Boy, no. I oh, Black Sheep is good too? Black uh, Sheep is basically the same movie. Black Sheep is the same movie. That's why oh, Home Alone 2 really? is the same movie as the first one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So that's Tommy Boy. That is Tommy Boy. And Derek, you already said the movie you're, you're we're doing. Yeah, do we want to stick with that? You know, the movie I was going to recommend was a movie that's referenced in this film. Okay. David Spade goes, has anybody seen Scanners? And I thought that was funny. I've never, oh, seen, I've yeah. never seen Scanners. I don't know what that, don't know what that Have is. Have you seen Scanners? I've seen Scanners. Okay. Yeah. Well, he hasn't seen Ace Ventura. And I have. haven't seen Scanners. What, now what I think do? we should do a movie marathon for next Oh, no. Now. Come on. <laughs> Uh, I really want to recommend Scanners. They're like the same movie, so just eeny, meeny, miny, mo. you know? I love Scanners. That will come up later in my recommendations. Or some other David Cronenberg movie that is equally as good. I think we should keep the 90s comedy train a rolling. Mr. Torture Rocco. Yeah, I'm here. I think that we have to revisit the movie that made Jim Carrey a household name. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Okay, that is my pick for next week. Um, I, I think, well, if I can make a suggestion, just do the third one when that kid when they replace him with a kid. Okay, because I, I think the kid I don't know might ta- do a funny. What you're talking about? Uh, they made a third one that was direct to video where it was just a kid takes over the pet ag- detective agency. <laughs> it's like some some little chubby kid, yeah. instead of Jim Carrey. So having uh, not seen Ace Ventura, the use of the word detective agency is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) That's a stretch of the concept. If I've ever heard one, that is true. But I think, you know what? I will say, I know for a fact that there are some things about the Ace Ventura movie that have not aged well I know at all exactly what you're talking about. This is going to be a little bit of a controversial episode. Yeah. Uh, if you've seen Ace Ventura, you could probably think real hard and be like, oh, well, you know, but you know what? We're still going to review Ace Ventura. I don't know. I mean, we didn't, it was made today. I, you know, I don't know. Like they, they say the R word several times in this movie and every time I'm like, oh shit, like it, it, things just evolve. I don't know. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like yeah. this is from a different era, different time. you know? And it's like, I enjoyed this more back then, but like the world has changed so much and I've changed so much. I don't view Tommy boy the same as I did in the nineties, yeah. you know? I, yeah, for sure. But Ace Ventura is another nineties movie and it launched Jim Carrey who went on to be at a time, the highest paid actor in Hollywood. So I think it's worth, seeing if that was even worth it okay was it merited so we're gonna do ace ventura pet detective next week on movie club hope you enjoy it what do you see any final words no that's literally all i've heard about ace ventura over the last like 10 years oh i didn't age well oh now you're gonna know why yeah you'll find out you're gonna find out all i know about but (laughs) guess what rocco it doesn't age well all right we'll see you guys next week but is it still funny Will we, how many times will we say didn't age well next week? Let's find out. Uh, once. There's okay. only one plot point that didn't age well. The rest, I, well, <laughs> let me think. All right. Well, we'll check back next week and let's see. Goodbye. <laughs>